Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. In this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, you will meet James Maskell. He is on a mission to flatten the curve of healthcare costs. I've known him for years, and this is his most exciting program yet. He has spent the last decade innovating at the cross-section of functional medicine and community. To that end, he created the Functional Forum, the world's largest integrative medicine conference with record-setting participation online and growing physician communities across the world. His organization and best-selling book of the same name, Evolution of Medicine, prepares health professionals for this new era of personalized participatory medicine. His new project, Heal Community, follows his second book, The Community Cure, and it makes it easy for clinics and health systems to deliver lifestyle-focused care effectively and frictionlessly. He is an in-demand speaker and impresario featured on TedMed, HuffPost uh, HuffPost Live, and TEDx, as well as lecturing internationally. He lives in the Sierra Nevadas with his wife and two daughters. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about group visits, why that's the solution to most of our biggest problems in medicine. And he'll talk about executing some of the details. What has he learned? What mistakes has he run? But how he has showing proven outcomes that can help functional medicine be delivered in the largest health structures in this America with insurance. And when we get those details figured out, then we can utilize these amazingly impactful practices. By partnering with Heal Community, clinics and health systems can unleash financial firepower of group medicine because it can be very profitable. So this is an exciting hour. And without further ado, here is the interview with James Maskell. I have such a delight to welcome James Maskell to the Catalyst Podcast. James and I have known each other for quite some time. Dare I say he was a catalyst for my own transformation. Welcome, James. So great to be here. Since I first heard of the Catalyst Podcast, I've been waiting for my invite. So here I am, and I'm super excited to listen to, you know, to, to share with your audience. Absolutely. This is just an excuse to have riveting conversations with people like yourself who are transforming and reimagining the future of healthcare. I would love for you to really concentrate on your current project. You've done so many things. You've written two books, you've traveled the world, you have tried to orchestrate a new beginning and recreate how we deliver authentic and integrative holistic healthcare in affordable ways. So rather than go through your long and impressive CD, I'd like to really concentrate on what I feel is most impactful, which is your latest project. As a a burned out family practice doctor myself, I found it very difficult to try and infuse functional medicine in my existing system. And it seems that you have an amazing solution. Can you talk to me about Heal Community? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just for, you know, just for context, I mean, the mission is still the same. I'm 17 years into the mission and the goal is how do we create structures and systems to keep you know, the vast majority of the population, healthy, disease-free, and sort of, you know, not needing a lot of medical care. And ultimately, that's why I ended up in the functional medicine space, because the first question that I asked is, 
is chronic disease reversible? Right. And I think that's the that has to be the foundation question, because if chronic disease is going up like this and the cost of chronic disease is going up like this, then ultimately we have to really understand what is chronic disease? Where does it come from? How is it different from acute disease? And, and how do we get people out of it? And so ultimately, you know, for a long time, I was really focused on helping doctors shift to functional medicine. And that's how, you know, that's how we met. And I've helped a lot of doctors, you know, make that same transition. But, you know, in 2019, I sort of had a crisis of conscience moment where my business partner passed away and I'd been doing this for 10 years, which is like helping doctors leave the system, start their own DPC functional medicine practice or, you know, membership practice or otherwise. And although I'm super proud of that time, 100 percent, I learned so much. I also just kind of realized that I couldn't see how. Um, if we follow that project just to its logical conclusion, that the change that I was looking to see in medicine would happen in a time period that it has to happen for this not to bankrupt, you know, the whole country and England where I live, uh, where I grew up. And I mean, I lived in America, I live in America now, but like, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't add up. And so I, what, what I wanted to do was come back to what did I learned in the last 10 years? Um, how had that informed, you know, where I was looking to go? And what, what was sort of like the first principles that we could bet on? So first of all, you know, functional medicine, I believe, is the operating system of care that is needed to reverse chronic disease at scale. The problem is the way that functional medicine has been practiced, where you need to get sort of, the, you know, where providers need to get enough time with patients to facilitate that transformation. There's sort of the three big areas that I've seen that, that, need, that we need to solve. So the first one is, can it be done on insurance? Right. Because if it can't be done on insurance, I know that we can help a lot of people. Right. But I don't know if we can help the number of people that are needed to solve the problem at the level that it exists. Right. Right. So we need to find a way for people on Medicare and people on Medicaid and people who will not go outside of the conventional you know, ways that their health care is paid for. How can we do that? Right. Then the second thing is, how can that be done profitably by the institutions that deliver it, whether that's your practice, you know, small practice taking insurance or whether you put work in a big institution or otherwise right that's the that it has to be done profitably because so much of functional and integrated medicine when it's come into the institutions has made it on the sort of back of a benevolent higher up who just wants to see this happen because they feel like a moral obligation to support yes. it but then yes. when it's not profitable it just kind of gets kicked kicked away right. Right. So because true. you don't make as much money as stents. So it has to be profitable. And then the third part and the most important part, Laura, that I want to share is that I believe I came to really understand that the most important thing in all of these medicines, whether you call it functional, integrated or lifestyle medicine, the number one thing is, is the patient activated to participate? Do we get them through the trans-theoretical model of change? Do we get them past contemplation? And do we get them into action? Because if they're in action, then their trajectory is like, it takes way less effort for the doctor moving forward. It's way more likely that in five years, they're gonna be healthier than they were are today. And as we move into value-based care, and as we start thinking about that, it's like, if you're not significantly better in five years than you are today, then I don't think we're doing our job. And we need to look at it through those lenses to, you know, in that way. So that's what led me to, in 2019, to write the book, uh, The Community Cure. And you're, you know, a big part of that. Um, you know, your story and some of the models that you've created is featured in that book. 
Um, I don't know if, if anyone's if if anyone's I'm happy to give a free audio book for anyone who wants to like listen to it because I have that. But like that's what led me, you know, to writing that book in 2019. Well, and it's so inspirational as you and I, you know, bumped into each other at TedMed Boston before the world changed. Yep. You know, we were able to hear some influential thinkers and amazing people talk about what a world would be like, you know, in different ways. And really it comes down to exactly what you said is these small changes take time for people to understand their value and understand that that is going to make them feel better. And that's why functional medicine is so difficult to fit in an antiquated system. If we just take it at face value and many practitioners think, Oh, I'll hang up a shingle and people will come see me because they need me. But a lot of times people don't know they need you. They really don't know the value. And what you're doing is revolutionizing how we can immerse patients in tiny little catalytic moments where they understand moving from contemplation to action to then maintenance. And, and I talk to my patients that I expect you to relapse, you know, we're human, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to go off track, but with the tools that you teach them in group visits, when they see they're not alone, they see there's community, then you're creating a system that is self-perpetuating. And what I love about it is you're creating a system, hoping that they won't need you. That's, that's the idea of it is they shouldn't need the physician. So tell me, walk me through the early parts of when you wanted to formulate heal community and how that looked in your mind yeah so you know early on the quest the first so then i wrote the book it came out in january 2020 we were hanging out at ted med i went to india covid struck and i came back and i was like man there's not going to be any group visits for a while right no one's <laughs> going to be sitting in any rooms together and there was a new world and i i also knew that it was not going to be two weeks and we would be back at school i knew that this was going to be sort of a longer a longer um thing so at that moment, I was like, look, I probably know more about group visits than almost anyone and functional medicine group visits specifically, because like I've just done all the research for this book and I've been in it for, you know, for this long. Let's think about what it could look like online. Right. And let's start to do that. So in the summer of 2020, we started to put together a little team to test, you know, can we take everything that I've learned from the book? Can we decide a group, a virtual group episode of care? And what will we learn about group care online that we didn't know before we tried? Like you, we didn't know all the benefits of telemedicine before anyone tried telemedicine, right? It was, it was like, oh, this could work. And then as you get into it, you realize, well, you don't need the waiting room and people can dial in from work and like, you know, oh, yeah. it creates more you know, access than other things. So there's other benefits that accrue once you actually start doing it. So that summer, you know, we, we, we knew that coaches were important. And I think one of the reasons why is because you know, I, I think there's something, if you look at the dynamic of, let's say, Alcoholics Anonymous, right, which is obviously a very successful model for behavior change, you know, that there's that role of like the mentor, mm -hmm. um, the, the sort of the, the person that has the facilitator, got sober, yeah. the facilitator mm -hmm. who's got sober and is now there to help. And I just realized that like in medicine, that role is completely missing, right? Very little in, in, in almost no situations do you, if you have an autoimmune disease, do you meet someone who's had an autoimmune disease and recovered and like, you know, and, and can sort of light that path for you. And I, I learned this actually in our, in our um, accelerator when I did a, a session with Terry Walls, for those people who don't know, Terry Walls like reversed her own MS and is a, like a poster child for what's possible. Oh yes. And, and has now showed how that's reproducible in groups. When I interviewed Terry, she said that like, even though she's kind of like, you know, the rock star of MS reversal, when she ran her groups, 
patients were more activated by the people in her groups that had made some modest changes, because in a certain way, it was almost unbelievable that Terry Walsh went from a wheelchair to getting better. And it was like, they couldn't kind of wish that for them because they right. been down so many times. So the person that also lives in Iowa, that also eats the same potatoes that they did, that also doesn't have access to organic food, and they've made all this progress, even with those like limitations, that person was far more activating than even the hero Terry Walls. Yes. And that really activated me into a role is that like this role is missing. And let's see what happens if we like triple down on that role where we give people, we give every patient that comes into one of these virtual groups, you know, two or three people like that. There's the coach. And what is a health coach? It's very much like that mentor. It's someone that's reversed a chronic illness and wants to like help people do the same thing. They're not really you know, a licensed medical professional, but they're not really like a patient advocate, but they're somewhere in the middle and they've got those skills. So we started these coaching groups and we, you know, we just learned and we found, we, we created initially a 12 week episode of care because we learned from the Cleveland Clinic, like it needs to be long enough for people to get to know each other, to build relationships right. and for us, you know, to solve loneliness. My book was almost called A Cure for Loneliness, but we ended up calling it The Community Cure because not only do you solve loneliness in the groups, but you actually create a structure whereby new behaviors can be implemented, you know, as a norm within the group. And the, yes. the sort of messes get the not yet over the hump. And there's this like synergy that happens. Yes. You're actually raising the culture. You know, you're just raising the culture, the set point of how people live and work and play. And that's what I love is you're exactly spot on when you talk about the, the pedestal that some practitioners don't know standing on. They're doing things just like all of us humans do. Like Terry Walls is an amazing, I love hearing her speak, but you're right. As a patient who's trying to learn new habits, it can be daunting and they can sometimes self-sabotage because they think they can't do this. It's an imposter syndrome. They don't know if they have the skills and having this mediate, this mediation, this little facilitator that shows tiny little steps that you can take can have massive results. It's it's powerful. So how did that first iteration go with your 12 week program? Well, it was great. You know, the outcomes were great. We interviewed everyone about their experience afterwards. And we, you know, we saw that like, you know, real change was possible. We had one woman, you know, we did it for every, anyone in the world could sign up. So we had one woman in Germany who got off her autoimmune medication with the help of a doctor. I mean, it was like, it was really, you know, we realized that we were able to get the same kind of um, results. The other thing that we realized, Lara, which was critical is that, you know, I think we could all recognize that maybe being in a room with 12 people is better than being on a Zoom with 12 people. Mm -hmm. But if you create a whole episode of care that uses Zooms and allows people to connect in between the Zooms, that whole episode can be more effective than like coming to a location every week. And the reason for that is that in between the Zooms is where health happens. Yes. That's where people are actually doing things differently, right? That's where they're cooking differently. And sometimes what happens if they don't get the information in time, that it sabotages their whole journey because they're like, well, I have to wait to ask the doctor and I put something into the portal, but they never got back to me and blah, blah, blah. And the question could be as simple as like, are eggs dairy? Right. Something like that question could be holding back someone from making the first behavior change. They lose momentum or whatever. So it was like, let them talk to their peers and the coach in real time at all times. I and love this thing that we learned. Yes, this is absolutely critical. I, I, and I say this to my patients and any of the practitioners I work with is healing does not happen in the four walls of the exam room. That is the 
the worst thing we've done in our American system of, of delivering medical care is you wait to talk to your doctor, you wait, and then you have your 15 minute visit. And that's where you get the download of all the lab information. And you're trying to, to get that understanding wrapped around in your brain. And then you're trying to learn the new medications you'll be put on. And then you're scooted out the door and it's no fault of the practitioner or the patient. It's just the system. But when you take people out of that and say, you have access and support every day, that's life-changing. They can message their coach. They can learn from other peers, which I think is even more impactful. I mean, I love my coaches. I love the practitioners, but let's be honest, when your peer down the street, your neighbor found a sale of gluten-free bread at Aldi and they found a new recipe, then it's so exciting because they're just like you. So tell me how, can you go into the details of the logistics? How do your patients and clients message these coaches? Do you have a recommended app or how do you, how do you do all this? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, yeah, so look, that was the first step, which was like, we're going to take someone from all around the world. Anyone can sign up and we're just going to try it and see what happens. And that was a great outcome. Then we realized, okay, let's 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 try and see who, who else's problem can we solve with this? And, you know, there was a doctor that I'd got to know. I moved to Sacramento like three years ago. And, and one of the local functional doctors that I'd met was a doctor called Kate Bisharat. MD, trained in family medicine, trained in functional medicine, three PAs, all trained in functional medicine, but still took insurance, right, to this day and had tried to run some groups and tried to run, you know, in-person groups had tried to run some other groups, but logistical things got in the way. And this is typically what happens and what I've learned in the last little while. Like if you go to Jeff Geller's seminars or otherwise, you know, I think practitioners get it, right, that there's this piece missing and that they want to do groups, but it's actually like the super boring, annoying details into execution that get in the way. So even though I wrote the book and it was like, here's exactly how to do it, you know, yep. it's not it's not helpful if like you get all the way and realize your car park's not big enough to get 18 or you don't have a room in your office that can fit those people or the front desk person doesn't like anything new or the charting is a is a you know is annoying you know to get through that many charts and like all of these things stop the momentum towards doctors who have an idea to start to execute so my idea was could we adapt what we just learned and essentially form a company where we took care of all of the boring, annoying details of running groups in clinics to partner with the clinic, with the new rules on, on telemedicine and, and, you know, with, with virtual group delivery. Could we become an extension of a clinic's care team where the clinic would do only the things that they already do? Establish care, prescribe stuff, bill insurance and you know, participate to whatever degree is necessary for insurance billing. And also there are things that only doctors can do. As an example, de-prescribe medication, right? Isn't that something that we all want? We wanna de-prescribe medication. So there has to be some physician role in there because in six months, let's hope we can de-prescribe people off medication as their yes. physiology starts to come back. Yes. And then, and then ultimately, can we also then take all the rest of the details off the clinic? So that's not just like hiring the coach, training the coach, paying the coach, having the technology platform, enrolling the patients into the technology, you know, calling them, doing all the, you know, outbound calling, calling them to, you know, tell them this is what it's all about and helping them understand what's going on. Even things like tech support. So this person doesn't have Zoom downloaded, like who's going to do that? The front desk person in your clinic hates doing that, right? But like, why don't we do it? Because we could just be really good at it. So that's how we oh. start. And we run this group with Dr. Bisharat. And like, not only 
Does it work super well? We're tracking now all the outcomes of all the patients because we've got our own research protocol. We're tracking all the outcomes. So we're doing Promise 29 at the beginning and the end. We do it from October to December 2020. And the outcomes are sensational, right? So three quarters of the people that have anxiety, their anxiety goes down. Three quarters of the people with pain, three quarters of the people, you know, it's like the vast majority of the people who have issues get better in the time because of the full spectrum biopsychosocial intervention, right? For they're meeting each other, they're taking on new habits, they're doing new healthy behaviors. They're really, you know, they're really taking on the fundamentals of the sort of the baseline of lifestyle medicine that's needed for change, right? What they eat, who their community is and how they're supported by that community, their stress, their sleep, their movement and their environment. And, you know, over the period of time, we're able to help in that. And the good news is it sort of opens up the time of the provider to do the fun, exciting part of functional medicine, which is like the precision medicine part. And so that was that. So by December 2020, we knew that it worked. We had, you know, we had the clinical outcomes. Um, and also it's really profitable for the clinic too. Even if they were to give us a percentage of, or not a percentage, but like if even if they were to pay our fee for running the groups, they could still, you know, keep most of the money. And because there were 20 people in a group and it yes. was also keen it in, they were essentially making money because they were billing the insurance. We had right. the pieces all down. So it was profitable. Now we, those three things we look at the beginning, right? One, it's done on insurance. Two, it's profitable to do it on insurance for the clinic, right? And that three, the behavior change paradigm is working. And so at that moment, we were like, I think we're really onto something now. Oh, absolutely. You're onto something because this is the beauty of group visits. When, when some practitioners are, are sort of paralyzed by indecision or anxiety over how this goes, there is no one right way. You know, I tell practitioners, you can make your own type of group visit, however you want that helps facilitate change. But what I love about what you're doing is you're being bold and actually standardizing it, which is good because we need standardization. If you're going to replicate this in a system, you're measuring outcomes, you're showing profitability, all these things that unfortunately my department in my old job did not want to partake in with functional medicine because it wasn't profitable in the bottom line. If you look at hour per hour of a practitioner's time, you need to capitalize on groups because you can bill 99213, 99214, an hour of however many people you you can fit. So my question to you, why weren't you there in 2016 when I was transitioning into my practice? Because this would have been beautiful to say, hey, here's a proof of, you know, concept that this can change lives. Yeah. Do you have any um, limiting factors that you say, well, only the, this kind of patient would fit into our group? Is there certain contraindications or has that been figured out? No, we figured that out. I would say for the billing structure that we've created, you typically need people with two or more chronic conditions or one chronic condition that's not a treatment goal. You know, one of the big things that changed, so we did that before 2020, the end of 2020. In 2021, we awakened to the largest changes in insurance billing that has ever happened, right? So come January, 2021, there are all these different ways in which insurance billing has changed to really suit the doctor. I mean, and, and there's many things I'm sure you've spoken about on different podcasts, but like basically, you know, the way in which, 
Um, doctors could be paid for non-face-to-face time changed. And one of the biggest changes that, that we take advantage of now in our system is this uh, shift on medical decision-making, where medical decision-making is really the role of the doctor and sort of like everything else can be outsourced to people who aren't yes. the doctor. And that's kind of like, you know, that's that's how we built our model now. So, you know, over the next year, over 2021, the next question was, Well, we we see that in primary care, we can deploy this and we can have a range of people with a range of chronic conditions, you know, get great results from it. But where are where else can we deploy this clinically? Right. And where else will we see? And, and, And Laura, let me have a guess. Like now that you've been doing this for a long time, what chronic conditions would you say? What chronic conditions that could you say where if you had a dramatic change in your lifestyle wouldn't improve significantly? Wouldn't improve? Wouldn't. None. I mean, you can improve anything with functional medicine, in my opinion, well, because everything go. improves. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. We've, got, we've had gastroenterologists. We've had rheumatologists. We've had uh, we have a psychedelic clinic in Utah with psychiatrists where they're prescribing ketamine and we're doing this sort of it's not quite an integration group, but it pretty much functions as it right if the ketamine gets you to realize man I should not really be eating processed food and you have this, you know, clarity of vision then like, how do you turn that into a complete lifestyle change because a one off moment, a one off, you know, psychedelic vision isn't transforming most people's lives consistently, but if you right. use the power of that peak experience to then come into a group where now you have a structure to build new behaviors, you know, there's that. Um, the, the most exciting thing, and I would say, if there was, if I just had to choose one disease today, Lara, where I'd say I could just do this for the next five years and I'd be happy, it's chronic pain. Agreed. I think I think this is unusually well set up for chronic pain. So let me just let me just describe how the group works today, because we actually based on the experience of those first 70 patients that came through, we actually rejigged the program. And here's how the program looks right now. And I want to share with you how it's perfectly set up for chronic pain, even though we've. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All these other pieces going on. So look, before the pandemic, chronic pain was the biggest issue in America. Right. And now that the pandemic's kind of coming to an end, it's now, again, the biggest issue in America because of fentanyl. And you guys can watch Dope Sick and you can see all these other mm-hmm. things to see, you know, what what an issue this is. And, and obviously doctors on the front line. So if you were to create the perfect um, opiate off ramp program, what would it look like? What would be the features of it? Right. One. You'd want to be biopsychosocial, right? Because the data on how loneliness affects pain scores is significant, right? Trauma, if you just Google loneliness yeah. and chronic pain, you'll see lonely people have higher pain scores. The only NIH validated metric for pain is how is your pain between one and ten, right? And Tony Robbins can get people to walk over a, you know, a, uh, a fire <laughs> and not feel any pain. So there's obviously you know something going on, right? So you know, so in that way it would have to be a group model in order to like solve that base desire for people who are feeling pain to feel connected, right? That would be one. Two, you have to completely change people's physiology, right? Whatever that physiology has happened that has led them to have chronic pain, some of it, let's say if that causes, you know, is systemic inflammation, if it's, you know, nerve issues, if it's uh, oxidative stress, You know, it could be a range of things that are like, you know, that are driving the chronic pain. Some of those things, not all, you know, will change if you go through a six month total lifestyle. um, Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, so it would it would be based in lifestyle medicine. It would be done in a group 
what else would it be? It would have at a at a monthly time period, every month, they would have an opportunity to check in with their doctor to make sure that their drug regimen is where it needs to be, or maybe it could go up, but hopefully it's gonna go down, right? So in our model today, the way that Heal Community works today, it's a six month episode of care. The reason why for that is because that is what, if you have two chronic conditions or one chronic condition, not a treatment goal, six month is a reasonable amount of time to think that it would, you know, at least be on the journey towards reversing that chronic illness, right? So that's- Absolutely. Yeah. Month one, is how do we get people to trust the collective, right? How do we get people to be in the community, to identify for themselves how they got here? That's the functional medicine piece, right? Going back in the timeline. Well, and you have to establish safety. You have to make them feel safe before they open up. Yeah. Your safety. One of the most beautiful things, Lara, is in that first meeting, you know, when everyone comes onto that first Zoom, typically about 75% of Zoom, the screen is off, right? Where the person's face is not there. They're like, they're just, it's just their name or it's some other name that they made up. Sure. So that that's that. Then what you see, the coach comes on and is like, obviously the best thing that the coach can do is be vulnerable about their own journey, right? So it's like right. I had a chronic illness and I was like on death's door and I almost gave up. And then I found functional medicine. I started to do this. And now here I am, like I reversed my chronic illness and every coach that we've hired has that story. In fact, half the people who work for our company, you know, have reversed a chronic illness and that's why they're passionate, you know, about this. So that was, you know, that was the first you know, the first step, which was, you know, which was to, you know, that's the the, the first month. Um, and then you have a month on food, a month on sleep, a month on stress, a month on movement, and a month on environment. And the goal is, can I get one permanent change in this person's behaviors? Permanent, right? So that like, you know, yes, maybe there'll be a relapse, but ultimately, you're like committing to this new behavior. You have an accountability structure within the group that you're going to be accountable to it. And that ultimately you're doing even simple things that we do in the first month, like setting smart goals, right? Everyone knows that that's a thing that we should do, but when in medicine are people having really smart goals set for them? And so, and then, and then sharing those smart goals in the context of the, of the collaborative. So what it looks like now is a six month episode of care, one month on each of these things, we become an extension of the clinics care team uh, and go from there. So that's that's what the program is. Chronic pain is exciting. There's many other things that are really exciting too. I mean, you know, look at look at the 14 to 19 year olds that are coming into pediatricians offices, right? After that, there's a lot of severe mental illness. Right? There is. And, you know, and that's the other thing I find the longer I'm doing functional medicine is the simpler it can become, which is really unusual to think because when you first dive into functional medicine, it's beautifully complex. And I think that's what makes us all enamored that look at all the things we didn't even learn that we can, you know, in involve in our body and, and make, make a difference. But then the longer I'm doing it, the more I realize it's really simple. You don't need extensive testing. You don't need extensively large complex protocols. You actually can be simpler in your approach. And that's the kind of eloquent ability that you're doing is delivering these group visits with that simplicity in mind. And I think a lot of mental illness as well is that limbic system is, is on fire is dysregulated. And the more we attack, not attack, the more we work with that, embrace it and really shape that from the beginning with safety, with community, with that connection, the easier our physiology will respond. Um, so I have a question. Do you, is this all in a group? How do they, can they talk to their coach one-on-one or do, how do they talk to each other? How does that go? 
Yeah, so in, in January, once we had the proofs of concepts so of January 2021, we started building our own technology stack, right? So that we could really identify, we could really build what we needed to happen. So what do we need to happen? We need the groups to happen at the right moments. We need the Zooms to be launched. We need the curriculum to be delivered. And then we want not only for the people to be talking to each other, but also to talk to their coach. We also created another thing that is unique that I'm really proud of called a progress partner. So at the beginning, I was like, everyone should get an accountability buddy. I got an accountability in my men's group and it's helped me, blah, blah, blah. Turns out people don't really want accountability. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of shelved it for a minute. And then when we brought it back, all we did was change it to progress partner. I love that. Right. And so suddenly now everyone had a progress partner and your job is once a month or more likely you are now talking to the other people in your group. And this is almost like your accountability buddy, right, from Alcoholics Anonymous or otherwise. But now it's your progress partner. And, and again, it's part of our overall thesis. Like, can we create new healthful relationships for each patient? The coach, right? The um you know, that the progress partner, there's a second person that we have in the group who's kind of a coach, we call a patient success advocate. And they're really kind of like more of a customer service kind of role, but they're also a coach. So they're training that way. So it's almost like, you now have, along with your doctor, you now have at least four people that are in agreement that you're going to reverse your chronic illness in six months. Right? I love and that. That's so powerful because what we found in the first group, when we asked people who in your community is going to be supportive of this transformation, the answers were pretty shocking, right? There wasn't, people didn't have, they had friends, but like a lot of times those friends were actively engaging them in unhealthy behaviors, mm -hmm. right? If your friend is only your friend because you go tailgating before football or you have Friday night pizza and beer, it's very difficult to maintain that friendship knowing that you have to cut out gluten if you want to reverse your autoimmune disease. You know, that becomes a big, big issue. So now to have this like team that's, that's supportive of you, um, is is sort of the foundation. So to answer your question, we've built our own whole technology portal. That's amazing. And it also, looks, oh, it looks ahead. a lot like a Facebook group. I mean, if I nice. see what analogy it is, people can post content. It's like people can post content. People can comment on that content. Mm -hmm. They can talk one to one. They can talk to. They can make little groups in there. We've sort of built the structure to mimic what people are familiar with. And the goal is that we, you know, get people engaging into the groups. And in that way, you'll see, you know, one thing that we really do in our groups is we, we, we want to make sure that people are engaged and engaging mm -hmm. in the time when we have them live. So if it's, if it's Zoom, we're not going to be doing a lot of teaching on Zoom. Yes. What we will do is engage them in the time. And then we might say at the end, hey, if you enjoyed this session, I'm going to put a video in the chat straight after the session, you can go deeper into everything. And then you see most people watch that video, but you didn't have to do it while you're all synchronous. It could be asynchronous learning. Absolutely. That is the that is very flow channeled. As I've spent a year at Flow Research Collective learning how to flow channel my life and make everything more creative. That is the key to delivering impactful medicine, is we are so much antiquated in the delivery of synchronous and, and not everything has to be synchronously delivered. And, you know, a patient can only uh, handle what their butt can endure. And if they're sitting there listening to a monologue, it's not as impactful. So I love that you acknowledge that and you want these Zoom sessions to be impactful and engaging and interactive and then give the option for additional learning. So 
What about um, if you, and I'm talking to listeners, if they are in a system and they're so excited and they've dabbled a little bit in functional medicine, but they're an employed family doctor or pediatrician or internal medicine doctor, do they have to be a certified IFM or SAFM or A4M practitioner to reach out to Heal Community? Thank you for that question, Lara Salia. I really appreciate it. So look, here's the journey of where we've been in the last year. So the beginning of 2021, it was like, let's find another five like Dr. Bishrats who take insurance and do functional medicine. And we started, you know, we learned a lot in that process. Then it was like, then we started to realize, oh, hang on a minute. Like we can actually have not just doctors who are trained in functional medicine, but doc- there's every doctor that we've met they may have some problems with like the caustic elements of functional medicine from my experience are esoteric lab testing, like labs they're not familiar with, right? And supplements. Okay, those two things are a hard step for doctors to go over. We don't have either in our programs. Ours is really a lifestyle medicine delivery system. So what I started to realize was like, okay, lifestyle medicine doctors like it, but actually almost every doctor, you know, we, we've got this um, rheumatology group based in San Antonio that is using our groups. None of them have ever taken any training. How did that, co- in, in functional medicine, how did that come about? The functional medicine doctor in that town, who's a really strong advocate for us, you know, he's being sent all of their crazy hard rheumatology patients that they haven't been able to deal with. And he's, he's coming in and he's realizing like, None of these people have done any lifestyle medicine at all. Like they haven't, you know, they're not taking care of themselves in any way. And he was just like, I'm busy. Can't you guys take care of some of this? Right. I don't expect you to go to all the IFM training and everything that I went, but like, you know, can't you at least getting doing the healthy behaviors? Here's a company that can do it. So that clinic has no functional medicine experience in case in that practice, none of the doctors had any time. We actually sourced a nurse practitioner who only does this, you know, virtually for them. And so, you know, it doesn't actually even take up any of the doctor's time. All they have to do is, is prescribe people into the group. That's wonderful. Not only are you empowering patients with the simplicity of this? And I like that you mentioned no supplements, no testing, because I agree that would be a hard sell to say, we're going to come in and we have these things that you've not really been trained on and it's going to, you know, be uncertain. And, and that, you know, gets everybody's amygdala firing. And I love that you kept it, kept it simple, evidence-based with outcomes proven, and you're delivering a lifestyle experience for these patients. So you're empowering them, but believe it or not, you're actually helping burnout because these doctors are burning out because the patients are unable to access them. They don't have the time with them. You're sort of clearing house on both sides, conventional, functional, because even functional doctors are getting busy, you know, and what you're doing is providing that solid base, that foundation that anybody can do and get better and leave the, the more complex patients for, like you said, the medical management decision-making. That's brilliant. Yeah. So the answer to your question is, you know, we, we, we know we've, I, I love, the single functional medicine doctor or nurse practitioner that's on their own, that has the insurance contracts. And we're able to like massively increase their capacity by having this whole like virtual, um, virtual coaching group delivery system, like attached to their practice. I love that. But then I love, you know, now we're selling into um, clinics and groups that don't have any functional medicine training, but they recognize their patients have these deficits And they know that possibly like the primary care doctors that they might send people back to are not really going to activate this in. So we're delivering it at primary care. We're delivering it inside tertiary care uh, or secondary care. 
And, you know, the most exciting thing that I want to share with all of you, and I'd love to hear from you if you fit this, about this, the end of last year, we started to have some interesting conversations with health systems, right? Because what I found already is that in many health systems, there's sort of like a nascent integrative functional lifestyle medicine program, right? There's at least one doctor that's in there that's kind of doing it, and everyone's kind of happy that they're doing it. What we've typically found is that that doesn't make money. It's a nonprofit part Correct. of the business because ultimately someone benevolently is looking down and saying like, hey, we need to do this. This is the right thing. Yeah, Someone some foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like ultimately it's typically one doctor who's booked out ages ahead of time and, you know, is is has a huge waiting list because the patients want it, right? Because the demand for functional medicine from podcasts and summits and content is, you know, is really high. But like there's just no landing spot for them. And the landing spot that's been creative is like super inefficient. All of the reasons that functional medicine hasn't made it into systems now, long times with the doctor where you can't get paid for the time you know we you know we can get into all of that so anyway over the last six months i've now had conversations with 25 health systems and countless like you know big groups right six fantastic gi groups 10 location um spine sports medicine centers uh five location um cardiology practices typically there's someone in there that gets it Right. And then they've been able to like recommend it. And 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 I've now found myself in conversations with like, you know, the money men and the money men are like, this looks good. Let's do it. And that's a game changing moment for my heart, because like I feel all of us who who care about the progress of functional, integrative and lifestyle medicine into the system, that always the big question has been like, Yes. Well, they say yes. And feeling like they're getting blocked at every stage. And ultimately, what's most exciting is just seeing that like there's. Oh, my goodness. If you show up with a fully staffed, fully automated solution that clinics can make profit on today, it's like, when can you get started? Because we just lost 20 percent of our workforce. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Wow. That is like your true catalyst effect, because that that tiny nugget has has morphed into this large way that you're helping everybody on both sides of the prescription desk. The doctors are going to feel that their patients are getting better, needing less time for with them, um, less prescriptions. You're helping the patients get better and connect to their community. You're also giving opportunities for all the health coaches to find employment because there's a lot more health coaches. I mean, this whole ecosystem of healthcare is massively influenced by this. I'm very honored and proud to have watched this whole thing morph into uh, such a great change for our healthcare and beyond. If you had one thing that you've learned that maybe it doesn't sound like it that I can hear from your story, but was there ever a misstep where you thought, wow, that's a stumbling block and a mistake or even something that didn't work that you thought would? Is there anything that you learned about group visits? I mean, we've been schooled on the billing big time. Yeah. You know, uh, when we when we went from one clinic in 2020 to five, we kind of realized that, you know, the, the, the recommendation that we've taken from someone who was already kind of doing this model was like, you should bill it like this. So we're just like, okay, let's bill it like this. It works in his clinic. It worked in that first clinic. And we were like, wow, we're so smart. You know, we've worked out this like thing that no one knows. When we went to the next five clinics, we realized that, you know, the insurance world is wild. I mean, it I know is. that's why so many people leave it, leave it away because there's just so many moving parts and it is, it is a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I get that, but ultimately it's what's necessary. You know, you have to operate in that area if you want to, 
you know, help people who can't buy their medicine. But, you know, we actually, in part of our journey from the three-month program to the six-month program, also involves a, a billing thing. Because we were like, look, this has to bill and pay every time. And like, we, we want to minimize the way that the clinics would ever go to audit. And if they did go to audit, it has to be so buttoned up that people would look at it and be like, yeah, this is great. Keep doing what you're doing. And so, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a nasty moment. I think actually when we realized like, okay, you know, it's not quite right, but we took it in stride. We rebuilt the program. We had learned a lot, honestly, like we had heard from all the patients. The number one thing the people in the three month group said is that we feel like we're just getting to know the other people. And now the group's ending, you know, some people can be fast friends in week one, but most Mm -hmm. people, it takes a bit longer to build that relationship. So the six month episode of care is now enough time where you can have like permanent new friendships. So it was a, it was definitely like a jarring moment building technology is not easy either. So there's, you know, there's a lot of work that's gone into it and there's a lot more work to do, but I would just say that, like, I do feel that, um, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, who are the people that what, listen to this, right? So you've got, you know, people who are thinking about what it could mean to, to, to lead the system and sort of go the path that you went, right? Which is amazing. And there's so much value there. Ultimately, you know, for those people, I'm here to tell you that like, you can create new profit centers on insurance and reduce burnout by, you know, taking the, the time element that's needed for behavior change, put it on the group. So you can focus on your like precision work. And that's been, you know, a transformation for individual doctors. I would say if you're working inside systems, this isn't 2016. There's now opportunity for systemic transformation. The pandemic actually, you know, created a situation where there's more opportunity for change too. And so I would personally, if you're listening to this and you're like, I wish I could change this system. Like we've had conversations where I've met the doctor who felt like that. We've had a conversation. He's taking me up the tree and we're on the path towards you know launching inside some of those health systems so i can't wait you know that'll be great i mean it's happening it's slower so you know i would love to meet anyone anyway if you if you listen to this and you're part of a company that builds insurance whether you own the practice yourself or whether you're part of a bigger system we'd love to hear from you um i can teach you you know our team we've got implementers we've got people that can really help you to understand the program we've got super detailed billing guide um you know we've got uh you know information on how the whole thing monetizes for you know for the money men um so they can see what's going on so we're still getting there there's a lot still to do um i want the technology to be be able to do more stuff and be cooler but ultimately i'm feeling like we know we've got a yes you've got the foundations and you are becoming the expert in this space which is what we need to carry forward we can't all be reinventing the wheel and doing group visits all in different ways if you're in a big system sure private practitioners can do that because they have their own clinic but when you're in a bigger system with insurance standardization needs to happen and you're becoming this expert that knows the nuances of insurance that has made those mistakes that knows what to do and has figured it out so it's a no-brainer to have this turnkey system that is personalized it's it's the blending of both worlds, you know, outcomes, standardization, but also personalization that allows the handholding and support. So I am so excited to see how far Heal Community goes. Where can people reach you, James, if they're interested? Yeah, HealCommunity.com. Um, if you go to HealCommunity.com slash Lara Salia, you can see what we've got going on there as well. But just get in touch with us. Let us know, you know, how you heard about us. We're super excited to just like um you know to meet as many practitioners as possible we've got a whole team 
um, you know, sort of ready to go. I want to thank you, Laura, actually, because, you know, it was you innovating in the group visit space that actually helped me to realize, like, one of the things that people think, I think, is that you can't do some degree of personalization inside a group structure, but it's not true. You can have, you know, if you think personalization really means, like, if six people are in front of you and they have six different kind of root causes, can we put them into buckets and treat them appropriately? And you absolutely can do that in groups. And so, you know, we've had people come in with like blood sugar all over the place. And then we've had some people that come in with like, you know, whole systemic inflammation. Most of the program is going to be the same because the sleep recommendations are going to be the same, but we will, you know, shift the dietary strategies depending on what people, uh, you know, is needed. And that's just, you know, part of the program. And so we've really, you know, we've really like come into, I really appreciate you doing that because listening to you, I think the first time we recorded and you were telling me about some of the groups that you ran, I was like, you know, I think that personal is possible in a group structure and actually in a certain way adds to the value of the whole mystique because not everyone's recommendations are the same. Correct. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think we're all painting on that same canvas and I am so excited and honored. Thank you for taking time for this interview, James, and maybe we'll make it to Ted Med next year. That'd be fun. Maybe yeah. you'll be on the stage with your heel community. That's what I'll do. I'll vote you. Well, look, I think, you know, I, I would put you forward to be on the stage because I, I recognize that like, you know, even though I helped you, like I think for a voice, for a, for a practitioner to hear from another doctor who went through it is really powerful, just in the same way as the group visits. Right. Like maybe under Terry Walls, but you're the person, you know what I mean? It's the <laughs> right, same right. energy happening. So I right. know that you're going to be a catalyst to like many other people to make this transformation. I think there's a there's so much that people can do in private practice and go and run their own thing. But I'm also excited to see maybe we can turn this ship around and oh give lifestyle medicine for everyone. Fantastic. Fantastic. As always, James, thank you for your time. And we will talk again soon. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Bye.